Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello everyone and welcome back to Red Room. This is Jenny. Welcome everyone who is listening over on Spotify. I would appreciate it if you could all subscribe first of all and also leave me a five-star review. It really helps the show more than you can imagine, especially because I am a DIY show. I write and produce and edit and do all the socials for the show myself. I don't have a team. I don't pretend to have a team. It is just me. And if I use the word we, it is the royal we. <laughs> don't get it twisted. Um, so I've got a really, really exciting episode for you guys and I'm going to tell you about in a moment. But just before we begin, I would like to remind you all that if you enjoy the public episodes that I put out here for everyone to listen to on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever it is, You will more than likely love what I have over on Patreon. That is where I do weekly episodes of Red Room. We do live streams and you also will get all of these episodes ad-free. You also get early access to my vlogs, access to Discord, lots of other stuff for six euro a month. So go over to patreon.com forward slash redroompod to check it out. A taster of what we hosted last month was uh, I did a second part on one of the most popular episodes that I've ever done, which was on near-death experiences. There's actually been so much more research over the past year since I did that episode last August um, detailing near-death experiences trying to see what they actually are and there's been some really incredible finds so we did that episode and within that episode I read some insane near-death experiences that will blow your mind I did another part two on the dark history of rock and roll. We spoke about Bohemian Grove in another episode in Secret Societies. I've had Megan on, who's amazing. She came on the podcast before. And this time we spoke about the missing 411, which is the case of people going missing in national parks in America. And it was so fascinating. Such a great rabbit hole. Finally, myself and Adam did our monthly episode of The Docket. And this is Adam from Mind Poppers, which I'm sure a lot of you will be familiar with. Oh my God, it was such a fun episode. We went down a Reddit rabbit hole and people, it was really, really popular. People loved it. It was so funny. We basically read through some of the most insane, crazy, creepy, you name it, posts that have been made on Reddit and it will definitely be a feature on the pod from now on. So as I said, www.patreon.com forward slash Red Room Pod weekly episodes. You've got, it's about a euro per piece of content. Sure, why not? This week, 
on Red Room. Oh my God, super excited to bring um, our guests of the month. Today you are listening to an episode with Tara O'Callaghan, who is a filmmaker, and Sinead Connell, who is a mother and a sex worker and a content creator over on OnlyFans. They have just made an amazing film, an amazing Irish film made by a young woman called Call Me Mommy, which I was lucky enough to get a preview of before recording this episode and it blew me away. It is such a powerful short film that, you know, on the surface deals with sex work, being an older sex worker, being a mother, the backlash and consequences that some people feel when they choose to uh, create online specifically sex work and make a living off something like OnlyFans. But really overall the film deals with motherhood and it's so beautiful. Sinead is so vulnerable. She tells such an incredible story and the film overall just does such an amazing job of bringing one woman's story to the public. In this episode of the podcast, myself, Tara and Sinead all sat down to have a conversation which began to be about the film and how they got there and, you know, the journey they went through while making the film. And it ended up being a wider conversation, which I absolutely loved. We spoke about, you know, Sinead's evolving opinions on online sex work, her evolving opinions on OnlyFans, what she would like younger women specifically to consider before choosing to create content on OnlyFans. We also talk about the importance of humanizing sex workers, of parasocial relationships and the longevity of an online sex work career. It's again from Sinead's perspective but I think it is so so powerful. We bring in other topics like age and consent outside of working hours, working within something which is technically a free market. It's so so fascinating and especially two years post-pandemic and I think the the conversation around OnlyFans really came up during the pandemic. A lot of people were at home, people were bored, uh, people started to make content on OnlyFans and some people probably signed up to be a customer of OnlyFans for the first time ever and we're kind of starting to see a little bit of the trickle-down effect of that now. One of the things we speak about in the episode is the fact that there are so many documentaries being made now that really, really glamorize online sex work and kind of only show the glitz and the glamour. And as with any job, there are major downsides to making content, uh, specifically sex work content online. And I was so, so happy to have this conversation with Sinead from someone who has done this now for 18 months um, from first-hand opinion. I'm going to leave you with the conversation. Please go follow Call Me Mommy Film and Sinead's Instagram will also be linked below as will Tara's. I really encourage any of you guys who are in Galway next week for the Film Fla. Their Irish premiere is on the 10th of July. As I said, all information will be in the description below. Go follow them. Go check it out. Go watch the trailer. You're going to be blown away by how good Sinead looks in that trailer. It is phenomenal. Enjoy the episode and I will talk to you all very soon. So, to 
Today on Red Room, we are joined by two guests. My first double, my first threesome on the pod, by the way, guys. Oh, <laughs> it makes sense as well. We're joined by Sinead Connell and Tara O'Callaghan, and you guys are the director and star. I actually feel a bit starstruck, I have to say, <laughs> of an amazing new film called Call Me Mommy. How are you guys? I'm good. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, doing very well. Thanks. Your film, first of all, let's get it out there. So when is this film debuting? You're debuting in... So yeah, we just we, we just premiered in Krakow, but we're having our Irish premiere in the Galway Film Flat this year on the 10th uh, of July Amazing. on the Sunday, so in the Town Hall Theatre. To start off, I want to talk first to Sinead, because Sinead, I have to say... I was blown away by you on the film. I thought you were so open, so vulnerable. And I think that that is such a hard thing to do, like especially welcoming in a lot of strangers to your home, to your work, to your family life. So first of all, really well done. You were amazing. Where are you nervous getting into this, going into a documentary about something that is not only so personal, it's going to involve a lot of your personal life, but also has, you know, sex work as its core, which is such a taboo? Um, I don't think that I've really thought about it while I was filming it to be honest it was when after it was made and then it was accepted into festivals and things and people were going to see it that's when I kind of said to Tara oh god I said I'm getting a bit of anxiety now and stuff over you know what are people going to think like and um I would you know put myself forward as being kind of a hard person do you know that way so seeing um, the parts in the movie where you see me being vulnerable like I'm kind of you know it's a bit shameful like I'm a bit embarrassed you know what I mean but then I know that you need people to be able to connect to you as being you know human and not just my job so I knew it was part and parcel of it but I definitely was nervous you know I, I am nervous at the thought of people seeing it well, I think, though, you know, just to give you some reassurance, as someone who has seen, as someone who is lucky to have gotten a preview of the film, like, your vulnerability, it made me connect to you instantly in the film. Because I think, you know, obviously, you know, the film is a first and foremost about sex work, and then secondly, the overarching theme really is motherhood, um, which we'll get onto a little bit later. But, you know, th- there is a lot of talk these days about OnlyFans, especially online sex work. And it's very easy when something is based online to kind of have a bit of a separation between you and the person. And there's a lot of stories out there on tabloids about, you know, girls and OnlyFans, you know, making all this money. And I think you need someone who is willing to get vulnerable and willing to tell their story from a human perspective so that you can connect to it. And you did it so well. Well, I know that my point of view, though, would still be different than a lot of the younger girls, because like, as I always say, I'm kind of just giving my opinion from a mature sex worker. So you could say I'm like an alternative sex worker because I'm certainly not the norm or what the, you know, the public persona of what a normal sex worker would look like, you know, because I'm older, I have kids, you know, I'm not a size eight, you know, it's like, so it's just from my point of view that being a mature lady and how things didn't work out originally the way I planned doing it. You know, I didn't know, you know, what was going to happen with my family situations and stuff. So I can only kind of tell it from the way I see it. Tara, how did you come on to this topic? It's your directorial debut. Mm. So congrats. It's an amazing film, as I said. Um, what, what brought you onto sex work, online sex work and 
you know, how did you get there as your first film? Do you know what? I just, I honestly just wanted to make a film I wanted to see. That was the one thing straight away because when, I remember when lockdown hit straight away, there was this incredible surge of like online sex work, a lot of, like it was this huge, it was, it was, it was really kind of like this, this, this blow up. Lockdown hit, a lot of people I knew, a lot of friends of mine, they were losing their jobs. And there was just this running joke of like, should we just start an OnlyFans? We just start an OnlyFans. It was exploding. And there were so many things going on. There was this rapper. I remember one thing that really stuck with me was this rapper called Swarms. <laughs> oh, he, I'm aware. You're aware? Yeah, I, 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 <laughs> I know you are. And um, yeah, it was, he, was, he was debuting all these girls on OnlyFans. And it was just like, there was this rota of women he was having on his live stream. It was so, there were so many of them, like, you know, he'd ask them to come on, he'd ask them to clap their ass for the NHS, and then they'd b- bounce off. And then he would just have another one, another one. And what really stuck with me was how many women and how they weren't sex workers. They were your average everyday next door girl. And there were a lot of Irish women on it as well. So uh, to me, I just found that fascinating. I was like, why are ordinary women going onto this platform? And like, you know, you're told your whole life, like, don't put news online, don't do this, don't do all that. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. You, know, uh, you know, with these OnlyFans girls, like that kind of went out the window, that whole idea. People didn't seem to care to put their news online. So I, I, I honestly initially just wanted to know more about it. So I kind of traveled around Ireland, met all these girls firsthand, just to hear their stories. And that kind of led me to Sinead's story, which was quite different. Yeah, yeah. And is, did you immediately think like, okay, that's my girl? I did. I did. I found, I genuinely just found Sinead's story quite inspiring because a lot of the girls and OnlyFans, like, I want to say like 90, 99% of the girls are 18 to 25. They're really, really young. They're just getting into it. And when I met Sinead, like, her story was just, like, completely different with the girls. She was starting at a much different age. And as well, Sinead had been through a lot in her life at that stage. After everything she'd been through, I just found it quite inspiring that she was kind of taking on this thing as a mother and kind of saying, like, this is what I want to do this is my dream and I'm going to do it. Just because I'm a mad doesn't mean, you know, I can't still follow my dreams. I can't still do what I want to do. And she was like, you know, I'm, this is the next phase of her life. And I was like, this is, this is, this is great. Like, I, I, I want to know more. Uh, Sinead, you mentioned in the film, uh, one of the first things that struck me was that you kind of always have had a pull towards modeling, nude modeling. Like you were always kind of like, I would love to do something like that. Yeah, and um, looking back now, since I've been doing it for 18 months and even watching back on the movie now, it's funny how things kind of change in your mind and Mm -hmm. come full circle because I do think that for a long time when I was younger and growing up and I did do modelling when I was younger and then I went into the bodybuilding and that was all pictures and photo shoots and things like that. It was kind of like I would think an attention thing and wanting to be admired and things like that. So I think now looking back, this is like stuff you learn about yourself as you go on, you know. I think there was a real need for me to feel desired Mm -hmm. by men Mm -hmm. and desired by people. Um, I re- and I really do think that was, you know, the whole thing. And I think that like a lot of um, girls that get into this job have got the same need in them. They mightn't want to admit, you know, I'm a bit broke and I, I want the attention or I like the attention. You know, they don't like saying it. You know, it's like, oh, we're doing it to feel empowered and we're doing it to feel stronger. But really, at the end of the day, I think a lot of us are doing it to like feel accepted and to feel wanted by men and things like that. Mm-hmm. So... I think that was a need in me at the beginning yeah. when I started doing it. Yeah. And do you think, you know, what, what was your 
basically like what did you have a moment where you were like fuck it I'm gonna do it like had it been burning in the back of your mind when you did think that when you were looking for that external validation yeah I and I but I tend not to think about things too much before I do them as well that's that's the dangerous thing with me I just kind of decide I'm gonna do something and then I become obsessed with it and then I have to be the best at it and I have to you know reach my ultimate goals in it you know and I'm really mad like that so I kind of you know it was kind of in the back of my head I thought about it for a while whilst I was doing the bodybuilding then it didn't really go anywhere OnlyFans was very new at the beginning so I forgot about it continued with my sport I was doing then pandemic hit and then it was everywhere OnlyFans so it seemed like well everyone else is doing it why not just try it I didn't realize I'd be the oldest one doing it that they're all like in their 20s and that you know, I, I kind of, I didn't have any thoughts like that because it, it didn't really register me. What will your family think? What will people think? I just kind of thought, I want to do it, so I'm going to do it anyway. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know? You just did it for yourself at the beginning, yeah, I guess. Yeah, because, um, like I said, you know, whether people agree or disagree at what I do, I mean, I didn't really ever ask anyone's opinion on it or whether they think I should because I wanted to do it, so I didn't need validation from anyone else, yeah. you know? And, you know, on what you said there about um, validation from men and maybe that external validation, did you find that addictive in the beginning? I still do find it addictive. Um, But what has changed with me is it's this great need you have, I feel, in the beginning. You know, the more men that sub to you, the more men that look at you. But, you know, it does get tiring after a while. And, you know, God forbid if a man actually looked at me and said they like my mind or something like that. Like, it's something that wears off or at least wore off for me quite quickly. Um, you know, men just basically, you want the validation from men, you know, men, oh, men are admiring me, men are like, oh, looking at me. But then that's all they ever look at you as. Mm-hmm. Nobody ever really looks at me for my intelligence or whether they want to get to know me. They look at me because I do porn and in their head, that's what I am to them and that's what I do to them. And I'm finding that's something that I'm getting quite tired of dealing with now. So, things that might have seemed shiny and brilliant at new at the beginning of it are now starting to wear off kind of quickly. Is that something that, you know, I mean, I guess you didn't think that that would ever happen, I guess. Because I can imagine that, like, I mean, we're all in that game in a way on Instagram. We all want more followers, more likes. So we've all had a taste of it, right? But when it's kind of tied into your sexuality, I could find that that would be quite personal. Well, for me, because... Like I said, you know, I'm I'm nearly 42 now. I have four kids. And when I'm not working, I know this, I mean, it sounds so cliche and boring, but I really do just want to be at home in my own house. I find that doing OnlyFans and doing porn has made me a more anxious person um, because you're on social media so much and people, you know, would recognize you off your page or subs or people. Um, it's not like you're being spotted and admired for being, you know, a, a sports person or a model or something like that. You've been recognized from doing porn. And yeah. that in itself, for me, brings anxiety because um, if I'm just in the shops and I'm walking around, you know, or I'm on a bus or something like I don't want to take public transport because it only takes one person to see who I am and start jeering or saying stuff like that so it has given me anxiety Mm -hmm. in that sense Mm -hmm. do you know what I mean so it's not so much the problem it's the way people look at me I I would like more respect for what I do rather than just being seen to be a man pleaser or to be there to please a man like there's more to me than that but since I started doing this job 
people don't really take notice of that. Mm-hmm. Do you know? You find yourself maybe more objectified rather than people want exactly, to get to know you. Exactly. And you have like people, um, you know, in your DMs all the time just wanting to sleep with you, you know, getting offered things so men can spend the night with you, um, ex-boyfriends in your DM. Like that's all great and funny at the beginning. It really wears out quite quickly at my age like I said some of the younger girls might love it and if you haven't got a boyfriend and you're single and you're getting all this attention that may be great but I'm nearly 42 you know I've got kids sometimes I just want to be out chilling on my own in a tracksuit with no makeup you know no lashes on without feeling like people are looking at me all Mm -hmm. the time and stuff so it's kind of strange I can imagine it'd be a very strange thing and feeling you know especially when you have such private parts of yourself out there on the internet. Exactly. That it can feel like, you know, you might be like, oh my God, what have they seen? Why is he looking at me that way? Is he a subscriber? Yeah, you it's, know, it's you constant. Might. Like, and I, you know, I had a, I got in a taxi once and, you know, the taxi driver was one of my subs. You know, that was scary. You know, I've had other taxi drivers look up my Twitter name in front of them while they're driving the car. Like, it's, it seems as a, as a funny thing. You know, you do porn and you do OnlyFans and, oh, this is great now, bit of cracker. You know, I would have full-on anxiety going out to the pub to have drinks at night. I wouldn't think it was funny if somebody started talking to me in that way or lads started jeering at me, you know? But that's me being my age and the circumstances I'm in. I wouldn't think it's funny, you know what I mean? But like that, like I said, I'm only speaking for myself and this is the problems that I come across as being a mature sex worker. Um, And I find that part really, I'm starting that to find that part hard to deal with. And I didn't realize that at the beginning. Because I noticed in the film also, you know, you said, and you said it on this interview too, you know, you're like, I'm, you know, older and I'm competing maybe with these younger women, but I was looking up stats today and like the MILF category, the stepmom category, number one, number two, year on year on Pornhub. So did that kind of shock you that like there was such a demand for that kind of porn or were you not surprised? There's not really that much of a demand for it, believe it or not, not in the OnlyFans like category. I mean, because when you think about it, um. I'm in a very small minority and you would think, oh, that's a really good thing. Okay. Yeah. Oh my God, you must be making tons because you're one of the oldest MILFs in Ireland doing it. Okay. But I'm a niche and I'm a fetish. And um, when you're a niche and a fetish, you can have people subscribe to you for a month and then they finish with that niche and they want to go off. You're like an interesting watch for somebody. Ooh, I wonder what a MILF looks like. We'll sub to her page for a month and see. But then they may go back to their own age group and stuff whereabouts the 18 19 20 year olds they're always they're they're not even a niche that's just the average what and older guys think about older guys my age what are they looking for they're looking for a little young younger girls right to you know uh treat and be their sugar daddy i'm too old for a sugar daddy i'm looking for like a sugar granddaddy do you know what i mean <laughs> so in that sense the niche is a lot different do you know what i mean and i mean um you, 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 I, a lot of my subs are very young, so they're 18, 19, 20. They would have less money to spend than the older gentlemen that would sub to my younger friends. So I wouldn't necessarily get treats bought for me, big tips, things like that, because I have a lot of people with the stepmom fantasy. They're all younger. They're coming to my page. They haven't got jobs. They're living at home. So I don't think people think about that side of things when they think about me being MILF and a fetish. They just presume that I do really well, but I have all these other obstacles in my way. Definitely. And I can imagine, you know, 
balancing, as you said, like your own private life, you actually being a mother, while that being part of your kind of online persona must also be hard. And that's something that I noticed was uh, portrayed so well in the film, that kind of balance between, you know, I think women always live in this kind of world of duality, you know, you're especially if you are a mother, you're like being a man, but being a businesswoman, but being like, you know, the especially you're a single mother, you're like the forefront of your house, you're, you're trying to balance all of these things at once. Um, and you know, do you find, do you find being a mother on OnlyFans, does that make a huge difference to you? Has it like, I mean, I know you said it affected some of your, your uh, kind of more distant family stopped speaking to you. Yeah, I think, I think being a mother has affected uh, everything, but it's not so much just being a mother. I think it's being an older mother because I know a lot of the 20 something girls and things have kids and it's still more acceptable for them to do porn than somebody my age because technically people think I should know better you know what I mean I should know they're only young they whatever you know um she's older you know she's posh you know she you know what's she doing you know um no really but that that that's the opinion I get you know she's old enough to know better um so I find like yeah that's and then of course you have the mothers I mean I'm you know I'm very aware of the fact that the teachers know that I do it and the student, you know, the students could know, like their parents know, you know, and I feel that I might have been a lot more brazen about it in the past when I begun doing it. And I'm like, you know, well, I don't, I do porn, you know, if you don't like it, you know, that, that's tough. This is me. But now, 18 months later, you know, you get a bit tired of um, being like that. And I kind of do feel a bit, you know, anxious and things like that when I go places. It's kind of strange. It's like had a bit of a, I feel more anxiety now than I used to feel at the beginning. Mm. But that was, that that's another thing of maybe I've been doing it for so long and my name's more out there now. That yeah. That's why I have more anxiety because I'm speaking up about it, you know? Yeah. And you're, you're speaking about it on a public platform too. Exactly. You know? But I still think it's worth it because it, this stuff needs to be known. So I feel it's worth the anxiety I feel, yeah. you yeah. know what I mean? To still um, be informative about it, you know? Yeah. Do you have, um, I noticed in the film, to be honest, you seem to have such a lovely maternal kind of relationship with some of the younger girls too. I, I noticed that like, you know, your relationship with those younger OnlyFans girls, you have this, like that's why I'm saying with the duality of like motherhood, like I can see that coming out I in don't you. know, I think they're kind of sick of it now, really? to be honest, <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that I give um, too much unwanted advice and... I think that when you're that age and you want to do what you want to do, you don't want somebody in your ear telling you, you know, you, you need to be treated better. You don't mm -hmm. need to do that and things like that. So, yeah, I would like to think I'm I, I like help them out with some stuff. I know I certainly do help um, a good few of the girls out, but I do know that a lot of them are sick of my opinions and things like that as well, you know? And that that's just what happens. I mean, you can't adore everyone you work with. Mm -hmm. And the fact is, I do find it very hard to relate to the younger girls because as much as it's fun and games when I'm doing collabs and things like that, like, and things like group chats or stuff like that, you know, I, I just find it very hard to relate because it's like talking to my daughter. And obviously, you know, they talk about some stuff that I'm just not interested in yeah. you know what I mean yeah. like and it's just so I do find it hard I don't have that connection um I think with the girls because of 
the age difference. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I'm finding that kind of slightly more isolating as well. Do you ever find like yourself, you know, if you're talking about like your own decision and maybe your anxiety kind of brewing up, like, do you ever kind of feel like you want to warn people who are saying they want to join OnlyFans? Of course. Yeah. That's why I talk about it all the time. Because, I mean, I started out a year and a half ago thinking, this is going to be amazing. And I'm, I'm oh, you know, I, I kept re- setting goals in my head of money I wanted to earn. And when I earn this amount of money, I'm going to be really happy. And, you know, I have earned that amount of money and it's still not enough. I still need to earn more. And I'm constantly competing with how many subs have I got? How many likes have I got? How much money have I made today? It's never enough. It's turned me really greedy. Um, You know, I want to earn more than I would ever spend, you know, which is ridiculous. And, um, yeah, I've kind of gotten tired of guys looking at me as just something to pull themselves over do you know what yeah. I mean and the business is so competitive because you've always got that percentage that you're measuring yourself against yeah so there's a zero percent a one percent a two percent so and that changes all the time like you know um there was at one stage where I was in the one percent and then I was earning more money than that but it still had dropped to the two percent mm-hmm. even though I was making more money than I did and I was in the one percent mm-hmm. because there's so many girls joining the platform that the competition's getting harder. So it's very hard to keep the percentage that you're at or the same earnings. And again, I'm not speaking for everybody. There is- hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Some girls I know, some of my friends that have got a big following and, you know, they work very hard, but they're still getting incredible amounts of money. But that really does not happen for everyone. I've got friends that are earning all different amounts on this platform, but I do know that majority of us put in hours of work. Would that be one of your like biggest frustrations with that the a lot of the kind of overarching story about OnlyFans is like, you know, girl Get goes rich on quick. Yeah, girl Get goes on OnlyFans. Yeah. yeah I not, didn't know I, I didn't know when I started this that I'd have to become you know, a TikTok a sensation, you know, be on my Instagram all day. Like, I mean, I was making six TikToks before I came in here. I mean, I am 42. I don't want to be making TikToks all day. My big TikTok account got deleted last week. I've had to start over again. Like, I didn't sign up for this part. You know, I did genuinely think I'd be taking a few nudes a day. And then it got into more, okay, start doing girl-girl stuff, start doing boy-girl stuff, start doing photo shoots, start doing this. It gets more and more and more because what's going to earn you more money? You yeah, know what I mean? The market's so saturated at this stage. So many girls are on it that what you have to do is push to your boundaries. Pushing forward and forward. You try to be different than the rest yeah. of them. You have to keep your audience interested. You know, they get bored of the same content. You have a big overturn of subs every month. Like you could lose basically all your subs in a month if they don't resubscribe. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like a constant. You can never really relax on it. Or 
I'm not at the stage yet where I could safely go on holidays for a week and not worry about my page. Yeah, yeah you're always thinking of like it's it's a, it's a small business, you know. Yeah, people people don't really see it as that. It's exactly. They it. think yeah, four four news and you've got ten grand in the bank, which is it's not it's not the reality of the situation. Whatsoever. You know, I mean, no. some days, literally, that you know, this is true. I could earn up to nearly five hundred euro one day, and then the next day I could earn thirty five and that is literally the reality that's for me now again I'm not saying for everybody but I could earn a huge sum one day and then yeah. nothing the next day I mean it's it's crazy I you remember Sinead you told me something very funny that when December rolls around your pay goes down because all boyfriends are buying stuff for their girlfriends and wives <laughs> so December you actually don't make a lot of money and because Valentine's, you know? for, and Valentine's so February and December is a real low month for OnlyFans girls which I thought was gas that you know you gas. just don't think you of don't, these you don't things think about these things. January was on it was fantastic because yeah. you know there were all the dudes were spending their money on us because they were sick of their girlfriends they had nothing else to spend their money on so they were coming to us for some light le- relief you know it was great but <laughs> you know things are back to normal now so um i suppose all the girls have had to work a bit harder as well you know yeah. you have to get very creative yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah definitely and you know with that whole thing of like your boundaries constantly being pushed like do you find it hard to kind of keep those boundaries for yourself because there could be an offer on the table where you're like oh i could do this and make a lot of money but is that right for me like is that a i kind of tend to do them anyway <laughs> which is a struggle for me yeah. yes like um and I'm, you know, I, I, I will push myself to do things and then it might kind of torture me for a week afterwards, you know, and I'm getting my head around it. And then again, it becomes easy and you go on to do the next thing. And that's what I do. And this is why I sometimes wonder if the girls that are starting off maybe 18, 19, 20, how much are they going to let their boundaries be pushed? Because if I'm at my age and I'm still letting my boundaries be pushed, what would you do if you're, if you're that young? Where, you know, and that's that's what I worry about because the money is a huge, I know I'm talking about, you know, not everybody makes a lot of money and things like that. But for me, for instance, even though I speak about the dangers of porn and being in the industry, people say, well, why, you know, why don't you stop? Mm-hmm. Because it's addictable. This type of lifestyle for me now has become addictable. Yeah, I moan about guys looking at me and doing this, but am I gonna stop? No. You know, um, I moan about, you know, or I'm pushing my boundaries. Am I going to stop? No. The money for me is addictable. Do you know what I mean? The whole kind of lifestyle, the photo shoots, the, the everything that goes with it, it becomes addictable. And that's why once you get into the porn industry, it's very hard industry to leave. Yeah. I mean, do you see many people leaving and or do they just kind of go on into like other forms no, of sex work? Of girls it's leave. Short. It's, it's very, very short. Really? It's, like, it's such a high risk, high reward situation. Yeah. Which I don't think people realize. Yeah. Like, Sinead, two years veteran at this stage. She's been on it for so long. And like, that's what I think a lot of people don't realize when they kind of speak really poorly and badly about sex work is that. Yes, it is a lot of money. Yes, you are getting a lot, but it's for a really short amount of time. Mm-hmm. You're you are getting a lot of money, but like you have to deal with the aftermath. You have to deal with a lot that comes after that. Yeah, like so if it's I, like three, if four, I, three, four months is the average. Yeah, that's what, it's like, not. Like, it's I'm not like if long. I just say I decided now to give up porn, which you know the odd day I do play with the idea. I'm like, you know, what if I just wanted to give it all up now? I'm kind of like. God, you know, well, it's a bit too late now. You know, you got a movie out there. You got, you know, your pictures out there. You kind of ruined your whole family. You know, none of your family talked to you because you were such a big deal in porn. So I gave up a lot to do this. So if I just gave it up, 
I would feel that I've just wasted the last few years of hard work. But that's what makes it so hard because what if I did just decide to give up? And which isn't too hard for me because I'm in my 40s. But what if you're in your early 20s and you decide you want to have kids and you want to get married? Um, So for instance, you know, it's easy, I think, when you're in your 20s to meet a guy that accepts you do porn. You know, because it's cool at the moment and it's cool that your girlfriend's doing OnlyFans. And let's be honest, half the guys live off their girlfriend's money who do OnlyFans, okay? (laughs) So, of course, they haven't got a problem with it. Mm -hmm. Again, not for everybody. I'm just seeing as I, saying as I see, you know? And then, um, you know, these girls get pregnant and stuff. So are they going to work throughout their pregnancy or are they still going to want to do it when they're breastfeeding a baby after it? Like, is porn still going to suit their new lifestyle? Or if they're single, they decide they want to leave porn and they meet somebody and, you know, they tell them about their background. Will it bother them? I know everybody says, no, it won't. I'm telling you at my age and in my 40s, if I left porn, I want to get into a serious relationship and I met somebody else my age it would definitely be an indicator that that they might want to go forth at me with. Yeah, I could meet somebody in their 20s and say, hey, I'm a cougar, I do porn, or I used to do porn. They'd be delighted with themselves. Mm -hmm. But not as you get older and mature. Mm -hmm. It's not a cool thing to do. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? So it's it's a whole lot different. And even like a lot of the guys who might be, as you said, like cool with it in a way, like, oh my God, my girlfriend's doing porn. That goes back to the objectification thing because exactly. they're not seeing you as like a partner who they're like, oh, you did porn, that's cool. It's always, yeah, like a, you know, absolutely. It's just like honestly, if a guy, I mean, I don't think I'm even asked on dates anymore. I think I'm literally asked for hookups constantly, or how much for the night, or you know, yeah. nothing. You know. Uh, just a constant and then people say this is your job what else do you want so it's very conflicting like I want to do my job but I also want to be treated like a human Mm -hmm. when I'm not in my job Mm -hmm. and I'm not working 24 7 like when I come out and I'm walking around town or I'm having a coffee or I'm out having a drink I'm not working you know um, but you're constantly getting those messages on your phone and, and things you get, you're getting that perception of like I would talk to girlfriends they'd be like yeah go on do only fans it's this support and then lads would be would be very much like oh yeah like I'd ride her but I wouldn't you know yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't go out with her like you know I wouldn't I wouldn't want to be seeing That's her and it's, it. it's it's that kind of um it's just things to think negative, about yeah, I just yeah. think it's 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 porn has been made extremely popular now um More and I just don't want to be one of those people that is glamorizing it and I know I do it I know I enjoy it and there definitely is good sides to it Mm -hmm. but I would just like to be the one person that maybe encourages young girls to really think about it before Mm -hmm. they do it and is it losing everything that I've lost for it at that young age yeah like I think OnlyFans it's right for the right kind of woman but there are very few of those women on OnlyFans yeah you have to be a certain type yeah not clever I mean of course I'm not saying that you know you have to be particularly like you know a genius but you have to know it's a type of clever though right it's a type of business savvy that you have to have you have to know how to play the the platform and I'm talking to a lot of girls doing the film like it attracts a lot of vulnerable women who are looking for something else it's there's not they're not just on it for sex work they're on it for something else and that can lead you down as we were kind of saying down that pushing the boundaries situation where you're constantly pushing your boundaries forward whereas some girls they know how to play that money game mm-hmm. they know they know how to play the field a bit better mm-hmm. and I've, I've met yeah. some of those girls 
and they, they know how to get that kind of high reward, but a lot of the majority don't. They really yeah, don't. Yeah, I mean, I remember I was talking to a friend of mine who worked in escorting for years. You know, we were talking, having a similar kind of conversation to this. And, you know, she was kind of just talking about some of the girls she was working with. She was like, oh, you know, some of them are just like, she's like, it's just, you know, I meet a very specific personality type in this work. And she's like, and I don't want to send derogatory. And I was like, well, no, because if you think of it, the average bro in finance, that's a specific personality type. Yeah, yeah, they're, yeah, yeah. They're fucking crazy. They want to work 150. 50 hours a week never see anyone do coke like you know what i mean yeah. that is a specific type of personality type we just it's just completely accepted so like there is and if everyone could like you know people aren't able to just apply for a job in the finance and get the highest paid job but with with only fans it kind of is giving that open-ended. there's a huge umbrella of sex work yes. out there yeah and only fans is only one yeah and from what i can see OnlyFans is the most privileged type of sex work yeah. you can do. Um, like it's no contact and things. Um, and that makes a lot of the people that do it, I think, very spoilt and privileged mm-hmm. and not really looking at, like I see a lot of spoilt girls doing this. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but I also feel like that spoiltness comes because they're getting all this backlash online and they're like, I'm going to show defensive. you. I'm going to show you how well I'm doing. You so know? then they push that idea even further. But I'm sorry, like OnlyFans is totally legal. Yeah. You don't see your local Snapchat drug dealer getting all this backlash. Like there's so many illegal professions that are not like seen people as badly are very mean. as this. Uh, yeah, so these girls are almost on you're a, looked attack down or defense on. mode because they're doing this. Yeah, like, that's exactly it. You're looked down um, on. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're looked down on. So like... um. You can say in a way it is a close-knit community because, I mean, a lot of the girls all know each other, but it also is, like with every job, kind of a very bitchy community as well, you know? Like, it's it's hard to have um, really true friends and things like that. Well, for uh, as me being older, uh, I find it hard to make connections with girls doing the business, you know? Um, and um, yet there is like a lot of vulnerable girls doing porn. Like there really is. And I remember when I started out doing it and I was doing interviews with Tara, like because she's done so many interviews with me now. Um, and, you know, I would be quite prickly about the fact that, you know, people think you do porn because there's like something wrong with us and we're broken. And, you know, there's, there's nothing wrong. I just want to do it. But when you really look back on it, a lot of girls do get into porn being vulnerable and and that's fine in other jobs like right you can say there's a lot of vulnerable people that work in a bank there's a lot of vulnerable (laughs) people that are policemen okay but they're not in danger of being taken advantage of as much as when they do porn yeah yeah because when you're vulnerable doing porn you're leaving yourself out for dangerous situations with men but you're also, I find, you're in the business of your own emotions. Yeah. And that is so hard. Yeah. Work. And you're young and you're 18. You're developing your own sexuality. You don't know who you are yet. And then all of a sudden you've got some randomer asking you to do some bizarre fetish that he's, you know, 60 or, you know, 50. Yeah. He has. You so know, it's, it's like, a lot of older your men coming to younger yeah. girls all the time. I don't have to deal with that because I deal with the younger guys looking for the mummy type of role. But, you know, the younger girls have to deal with a lot of the older men. And yeah. I mean, like, I mean, how are you supposed to respect your own boundaries when you don't even know them yet? You know? Exactly. exactly. That's you, a great point. I mean, if I had started doing this when I was in my 20s, my God, I keep saying, you know, I feel like I'd be unstoppable. But then God knows what I would have gotten into because, like, I'm way more sensible now when I was in my 20s, you know? 
Yeah, I feel like Gosh. we kind of tracked your journey through porn throughout the film. Because yeah. we, 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 I said I started this journey around the beginning of lockdown. We met Sinead when she was like, I'm going to say like two, three months. When you yeah, were maybe okay. three months Something. into so it. We, Very new. We were, you were so new. So we interviewed her. Like we were the first person to ever interview, interview you. me. Yeah. yeah, so it was this kind of, it was really interesting to see Sinead as she was progressing in her career. And also how her own mind and attitude is changing towards and porn. And it really has it changed, has changed hasn't it? quite a lot, Loads, Sinead. Like, yeah, so that's been quite fascinating. I was very defensive of when Tara Very. started interviewing me first <laughs> and I was all I'm great and you know this is porn and you know how dare you don't dare say anything about it and like she can see through the last year and a half do you remember why I, I came back remember when I forgot my charger in your house after the first oh because I was shoot. obsessed do you remember that so when we when I did the first interview with Sinead she had this wall up like she was this tough woman she was like fuck everything you know whatever you know she was so strong and I was like she's unreal this yeah. is great you know <laughs> but then I left my portable charger in her house and I was like yo can I come and collect it so I drove back to Sinead's house the next day and Sinead did this, this particular scene for the first time and I thought I'd just it was my first the, girl girl I, yeah, I thought I interviewed the iron lady here you know I didn't I didn't think Sinead had this so side I did my to first her. proper girl yeah, yeah, and then I come into her house and I'm like, oh, can I have my charger? And she just bursts into tears. I was traumatised. And I was like, what? I was like, who is this person? I was like, this is, I was like, there's something else there. So I saw that vulnerable heart side to Sinead and I was like, okay. I was she like, caught me at a weak I moment. I caught her at a weak point. Thank God I did, Sinead, you know. So it was, it was so interesting to kind of. But you know, it was, I, yeah. I'm, I'm this age and, and I hadn't done anything with a girl before. I mean, ever, you know, I was married. I hadn't even kissed a girl. And then I went all into my first sex scene with a girl with strap-ons and have you know it you know and she was the same age as my oldest daughter she's a great girl I've done loads of collabs with her since we're great friends right don't get me wrong like she's fantastic Mm -hmm. right but I didn't have a clue and of course in the moment you know everything's great but then I mean afterwards I was just like you know, the days afterwards, I'm like, oh, my God, did I need the money that bad? You know, what yeah. am I after doing? Have I really slipped into some seedy world now? Now I would do girl-girl collabs, like, all the time. <laughs> like, literally <laughs> know, nothing. Rolls them out. It's so different but now. It yeah, was yeah. at the time, it had pushed my boundaries. Yes. And I had to get used to it. And that still happens to me now. There's still things I do that afterwards, I'm like, mm, was I comfortable with that? Not really. Okay, done it. It's grand. Move on. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's part of the job you want to earn more money and you're greedy and for me I do keep pushing my boundaries and I can't be the only one that does that yeah. there's plenty of other girls that do too you know Tara has your opinion on sex work changed throughout making it like from from going into it yeah. seeing it firsthand, and now kind of being on this journey with Sinead especially I could imagine her perspective changing so much would almost mold yours because she's doing it at the end yes. of the day I mean absolutely like it definitely did because like I you know, that opinion that was swirling around at the time when I first got into it, the first thing I ever heard about OnlyFans, I remember I was at a taxi, I was with a group of friends, was, you heard so-and-so was on OnlyFans and she's making so much money. How dare she make this much money? And you're kind of going, what's OnlyFans? Mm-hmm. So it was people were hating sex workers because I have a college degree, I work nine to five, how dare they make more money than me? And that's what I initially thought. I was like, well, they're uploading five new photos and they're getting all this fucking money. Like, and I went to college for what? Like, you know. But then the more I got to know these girls, it was just like, okay, you're seeing everything they're having to deal with. You're seeing their families not speaking to them. You know, their kids having issues. You're seeing, you know, jobs. You're seeing the wider community. You're seeing 
all this pressure on top of doing this job that it's not just sex work. Sex work's a tiny part of it. Like you're doing, it's, you're a social media person. You're an influencer on 100%. top of doing sex work. 100%. So I now, honestly, I don't think they get paid enough. And it's like, finally, for the first time, we're seeing sex workers actually get paid what they deserve. You know, there's no pimp. There's no middleman. There's nobody taking the money. They're actually getting this money, which I think is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Especially so, when you look at porn. When you look at porn, like, it's like... The it's, online porn at first was the, 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 the detriment to pornography. Just, they weren't to the sex work yeah, you know? yeah and yeah, it's yeah. like finally only fans is putting the power back into women like Sinead's hands and they can take the full funds they can control what they're earning which is brilliant and it's the same reason why the majority of people hate them mm-hmm. which I originally was part of that group where I was going how dare why did I go to? you know I, I had that and now I'm like actually now seeing everything Sinead has been through and a lot of the other women have been through I'm like and how short term the profession is like I think they should get paid more to be honest yeah we'll leave more on the chopping block right you do. You've it's, it's the same psychologically. With the, it's yeah. the same with the influencer culture. It's like, yeah, people do get paid ridiculous amounts of money for doing certain things, but also like every single aspect of your life is up for discussion. Is up for like people to come up to you. You know, there is that, and it's also it's not like being like imagine you know even if you are like a super big influencer you're not like a celebrity celebrity so yeah people... you're just you're you're not treated like um with a certain respect yeah. that it's just like you're, you're just free people. for all yeah, yeah, you know yeah. it's just people, still come up and grab people are kind of sniggering or yeah. like just i mean i was out one night at my gym night you know and this 15 year old was like i saw you on the tv she sells pictures of herself oh that, you know i'm like i'm like oh my god these people are 50 you know what i mean like leave me alone and it's just it happens yeah. you know you don't clock off just, at 5 p.m you're always on no, like, yeah, yeah. it's annoying you know what do you think is like what's going to change people's perception about it obviously a huge question but if, if you think in particular to only fans right like is that one reason why you think doing the movie was so important to you because if you can get across you know what i'm hearing from you now is like it's a job like every job has fucking annoying parts of it no matter how much you're getting paid there's someone you're working with that's wrecking your head you know you're bringing your emails home obviously yours is very different but like are you trying to normalize it in that sense of like there are things about it that are terrible you should think about it before you go into it but there's also good things about it like you're also you know able to stay at home and work you know different things like that my kids have gotten stuff that I could never have gotten them before you know I have a log cabin out my back garden now that I can work from which I never had before I was doing my work from in the house now I've expanded you know my business as such because I can get a lot more stuff done you know it's it's been great but I just want to be treated like a normal person. I mean, now it's funny, you know, with the more interviews I do and things like that, or the more um, of your, your profile is seen, you know, I notice people that haven't spoken to me much in the last 18 months since I started doing OnlyFans, they basically cut me off for, you know, doing porn. And now all these people are starting to come back into my life or at least trying to in some way or other because they've obviously listened to some interviews, they've listened to some podcasts, they've maybe educated themselves more and they're thinking, well, you know, maybe she's not what I originally thought she mm-hmm. was. You know, maybe actually she's talking a bit of sense. I don't know, I'm presuming, right? But I do find that people are treating me a little bit nicer now and it's kind of irking me more because I'm like, why didn't you just listen to me when, at the beginning? Because I haven't yeah. changed. Yeah. I'm the same person I always was. You know what I mean? Like there's nothing about me that changed other than I do video calls and things like that in my spare time. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I also used to sleep with three or four guys a, a week. I mean, genuinely, since I started doing porn, 
I have stopped all that because it has brought a new respect to myself in a way which is like, you know, I just would not, that wouldn't even enter my mind anymore. I wouldn't waste my time texting somebody, going on a date with somebody unless there was something involved for me. You know what I mean? Like I wouldn't waste my time, which is something I wasted a lot of time with men in my past. That doesn't happen anymore. Men are essentially walking wallets to me now. You know what I mean? Um, so I'm glad of that part, you know? Um, and it's things have just changed since I began it. You know, it's, it's like a journey of, and I'm not going to leave the porn industry, but I will definitely be looking into different ways to change some things I do, yeah. you know, to make me more comfortable with what I'm doing now. Yeah. You know, because there's some things that I'm not happy with, you know, that, you know, so, you know, I won't leave the porn industry, but I'll be making definitely little tweaks and things to what I do, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, like adapting the industry to you. Adapting to something that I'm happier doing. But you don't know that when you begin and you have to try all different things to see, do you like it, you know? Well, it is still kind of the Wild West in a sense. It's, it's still in its very early iteration. Yeah, you know, and I think that um, a lot of girls try, like, like I said, it's a big umbrella out there and there's girls that do stripping, there's girls that do full service, there's the OnlyFans, there's just everything, you know, I mean, there's just such a big industry out there that's calming, there's everything, so I won't ever leave it, but I might definitely adapt things to more suitable to me. Yeah, I think like, having a plan like that is a good thing too, because you can ha- kind of build on that then and work yeah. towards small you know, goals. it's like a slow know? process, because it's taken 18 months to get to where I am, so it'll be another process now to kind of you know, do exactly what I want to do and the niche that I want to work in and things, you know? Yeah. So I guess for both of you, like, what do you want when people see this film? Like, what do you want people to take away from it? I'm, I'm talking like, you know, young people, older people, like, is, is the main message about like that, you know, seeing sex workers, obviously, as people crazy idea I know but you know a lot of people it, it's very hard start for them. a conversation about it really to get people talking about it yeah yeah you I, know I guess I want people I don't I don't ever want to tell anybody what to think I guess with the film we wanted to show Sinead her life who she is because with the film it started off as this is only fans and then I got to know Sinead and it kind of turned into something else whereas hopefully people can question their own good instincts about sex work because I think sex work carries a lot of those gut reactions that people have, they get this idea of what a sex worker is. So hopefully when they see Sinead, they see her life, they can kind of question themselves more. Because everyone that does it has a story. Do you know what I mean? Like we all have, this is my story, you know, and there's plenty. And the 18, 19, 20 year old girls all have stories as well. Just because they're young doesn't mean they've had, they have stuff going on that has led them in this direction to do this. But the point is, you know, we all have stories. We're all people. We're not just laid on this earth with the desire to, you know, make man masturbate over us. You know what I mean? We're all people. You know, there's girls in this for different. There's some girls in this that are looking for love. Some girls that are just looking to have enough to buy a house. It's just, it's all different. And I think it's just a really important conversation to have to start people talking more about sex work, to be more accepting of it, to know the dangers of it, to not glamorize it as it's been glamorized now everywhere it's literally just been glamorized sensationalized and um you know it, it should just be just be spoken about in a proper way proper topic no hate you know if people have questions i'm happy to answer people's questions i try not to get angry when people hurl abuse at me and things like that i mean i think that it's just a lot of ignorance people don't know
Mm-hmm. I think like the fun- one of the funniest things I always find about specifically about OnlyFans is uh, now obviously the girls or the people anyone you know doing OnlyFans creating content on there they get obviously ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the hate but I'm like who do you think is buying it like this is this is the thing people, the people don't do it like because there's like no money at, like there's people buying it and they're your brothers they're your dads they're your boyfriends they're your ex boyfriends like just like there's like the the minority of people involved in OnlyFans are the people making the content. The majority of people are the people buying the content. And it's usually the men and the lads who have the most to say about these women doing this thing. And they're supplying supplying the platform. They're the funders. So it is kind of crazy. How do you think you can change? Like, you know, do you think that's part of that conversation to have? Because obviously you want to change like people's perspective about sex work in general. And like, that's an ongoing conversation. But like from that, from what you said earlier about like your your clients and your, your subscribers kind of, like you know objectifying you like do you think that's a trickle down effect of that conversation you know like seeing sex Mm, workers no because I think that a lot of girls still behave in the way that the men's opinions of us won't change simply by the TikToks they make or the way they act out in public or whatever persona they have they're not separating it from their work so they're marketing themselves they're marketing themselves it's the male gaze they're putting themselves you know um so personally me I don't want to do that that's not the direction I want to go down, even though I have been going down that path for the last few months. Like I said, it's wearing thin on me now. But like for the 18, 19, 20 year old girls, that's their biggest market, you know, be cute, be sexy, be. So I don't even think they're able to separate themselves from the people that they are online. So unfortunately, that's not going to change until the girls that are doing the porn change it's kind Do you know of, what I mean yeah, it's, it's like, like a snake a, eating its own tail yeah, in a way and I just sound very old-fashioned and everything I know saying this and very like controversial because I do porn myself and I don't want to upset anyone by what I'm saying and I certainly don't want to upset any of the girls that do sex work either like um it's just for me for instance I don't want to be overly sexualized for doing this job when I go out normally but it's very hard not to be when a lot of the girls act like that as their full-time yeah. persona. Well, how are people supposed to separate it? Well, it's when they're acting with no boundaries, how are other people going to be, exactly. you know? So sometimes I feel I would like more boundaries to be set so that I didn't have to fight so hard for mine. But it's kind of hard when the market's so saturated. One girl says, subscribe to me for a month for four euros. A new, three new girls come along and they say, hey, subscribe to me for two euros. Undercutting each other. So it's a free market. It's a free market, so it's like... So sometimes I feel like I'm flogging a dead horse because I'm like, you know, I'm talking about change, but like porn's like the oldest business in the the world, isn't it? Is anything ever going to change? I don't know. I can just tell my story and say, this is me. This is how I got into it. You know, my mind is still changing on it. You know, I'm still learning as I go along. And it's not as easy as it looks, well, for sure. I know if anybody wants to know more about your story, I couldn't recommend the film more. It is amazing. So Galway Film Fla, 10th of July. Um, there will also be, I'm sure, a fantastic premiere coming up this year as well. And you guys can check out the Instagram, which is Call Me Mommy. I believe call, call me mommy film call me mommy film it, everything will be linked below including Sinead's Instagram but don't send her any annoying messages <laughs> <laughs> okay otherwise she'll get that whip <laughs> and the heels and the, the heels yeah. as well yeah thank you so much guys it was a pleasure confidence starts with loving who you are 
And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.